Hi, I'm Chris Payne. Welcome to Game Dev London. Uh, today we are chatting to Miggy, aka Bitbrain. Um, he's a developer who's working on uh, an RPG in using the Godot engine. So I thought it'd be interesting in the wake of the recent Godot Con to uh, have a chat about Godot and its place in the industry uh, and so on. Welcome to Game Dev London, Miggy. Hey, nice to be here. Yeah. So do you want to first give us a, a little bit of an um, elevator pitch for the RPG that you've been working on? Okay, so imagine a giant mountain, and in that mountain live a lot of dwarves and goblins and orcs, and you are an explorer um, losing yourself in that mountain, and you need to find your way out um, with a pickaxe, maybe with a sword or two. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's all in pixel art top-down and combat inspired by Dark Souls and, um, yeah, including mining and crafting. So, uh, yeah. It sounds like a reverse Dwarf Fortress. It kind of is. Imagine yeah. Dwarf Fortress, but non-procedural. Non okay. Cool. Oh, so, yeah, so it's uh, all um, uh, handcrafted levels and, and so forth. Excellent. Yes. Fantastic. And um, So, why did well, first off, um, GodotCon. Um, three weeks ago, um, a whole bunch of uh, Godot devs um, uh, rocked up to Microsoft HQ in Munich, Germany, um, to discuss um, the engine. Uh, so uh, were, you, were you there or were you attending remotely? Yeah, I, w I was there in person, actually. Um, I have, have been a speaker there. And uh, yeah, I met basically all the all the faces i usually see on on mastodon or on github i actually met a lot of these people in person which uh yeah was was quite exciting to be to be uh honest with you like i i um didn't know what to expect but uh it was um a fantastic conference it is great to put faces to people's online handles yeah. So what did you what did you discuss? What was the content of of, uh, of that event? So the the basic structure was it was hosted at the Microsoft HQ in Munich, and it was uh, over two days on a Saturday and Sunday, and each day consisted of um, of a set of talks and also workshops, and between between the um, sessions you could like meet other game developers and chat about Godot. Um, and yeah, and there were some very interesting talks um, and also some quite interesting workshops that um, I think have never been done before. So this was like the first time certain things were actually discussed, um, especially in the, in the, in the uh, given that Godot 4 released this year. So a lot of, mm -hmm. of new, new things and new frontiers are being discovered right now. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement about... Um... Godot because uh, apart from version four um, coming out, uh, but also because uh, because of Unity um, recently uh, causing a bit of a panic with uh, pricing changes, um, uh, motivated a lot of developers to look for an alternative. And uh, I mean, you've described Godot as uh, the blender of game engines, um, which is pretty good because obviously Godot is open source. Um, is that why you picked Godot for mm. your game? 
it's it's a good question. Um, so I I always came with a mindset of I, I'd rather build it myself than using a tool. So uh, before I used Godot, I actually uh, coded games in Java. Um, no, you have no fancy game oh. engine. You only have some library uh, you are using. So I tried out Unity before and also Unreal, but I found myself spending a lot of time actually drag and dropping things through some, I would say, not so nice looking UI. At least uh, personally, I didn't like it that much. Um, and also things were a bit slow. So this is why I then went actually back to Java um, and, and just built games with it. But the problem with doing that is obviously uh, co- compatibility and you actually have to spend a lot of time doing some quite technical things. And um, I t- first tried Godot in 2020, around three years ago. And I I think I fell instantly in love with it because it's very lightweight. The installation is like 50 megabytes. Yeah. Uh, you start the engine, it's it's up and running, no installation, nothing. And um, I, I tried the GD script language they're using or they're providing. And I actually um, was completely mind blown by its simplicity. It's very lightweight, no boilerplate. And um, yeah, I it, it basically completely um, convinced me to to use it. So yeah, but this was b- back with, with Godot 3 yeah. um, still. And uh, yeah. So... I that's that's really interesting. Um, I had a a slightly different experience with Godot. I only tried it recently um, in the wake of the like the the Unity panic, um, mm-hmm. just to see what the fuss was about because people were talking about it. Um, uh, and yeah, I was also impressed at how lightweight it is. Um, small install, quick install. The editor it, it just it boots and closes extremely quickly, um, which is great. Um, I uh, have had a very cursory uh, potter around. I started trying to build something. Um, I stalled where I found that I couldn't see the scene that was running because I was. Uh, I decided to build something procedural. Um, so I wrote a bunch of rules, um, and then the only way that I could see what I had generated was uh, in the game itself. I could add some tooling in so that I could detach the camera and move it around um, myself, but it, it's a little bit of a faff compared to Unity, which allows you to do that as part of the engine. So that put me off using Godot for that particular project. But um, but I did. Uh, I, and I Also, I tried um, using C-sharp scripting rather than um, mm. GD script. Uh, because GD script looks quite a lot like Python, and I'm not a fan of Python. Uh, it's very close to Python. Even yeah. the style guide is is referencing the Python style guide. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I tried C sharp, and it works just fine with mm. C sharp. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was nice. Generally, it was a good experience using uh, Godot, but I didn't uh, because of the like the issue with like needing to preview what I was working on. Um, uh, I went, I went back to Unity. Um, I'm afraid, but um, it did it did impress me in terms of the like the the speed that you can work in it. It's because mm. it's so lightweight. Um, whereas like other engines do have a tendency to make you wait uh, while they do yeah, a lot of thinking. 
it, it actually shows like how difficult it is to build a user experience that um, that gives the user exactly what they need at any given point as fast as possible. So, for example, you needed tooling in the editor. Yes. But if I tell you there is a way to do it, you can actually have live preview in the editor without starting your game, but it requires some extra steps and the editor will not tell you that. You need to like read documentation a lot yeah. and there is no easy way to do that other than actually using writing code right well, so uh, i did yeah. i did have a cursory look to see if anybody else had um like hit the same issue and and like start written a plugin for it because the the joy of um godot is being open source is that people can write extensions to the um to the core engine potentially if if they uh if they're willing to get uh that stuck in um i yes, yes. couldn't i couldn't find what i was um particularly looking for but there was a lot of other stuff out there people uh, uh making all sorts of interesting things to to work with godot um how have you find it? are you using it sounds like you are using wanting to like write all of your own um uh tools uh for uh for your game uh if you've come from like raw java um are, are you finding that you're um, using a lot of third-party tools or plugins? It's uh, funny you ask that because actually my talk was about exactly that topic um, about if you, like, how do you decide uh, if you should use an add-on or not um, for your project? And I think for my game, I'm already using around seven different third-party add-ons in total. Uh, they, they, they sum up over time, right? Over time, you need a new add-on. Um, so, for example, I'm using one for the debug console. So I can hit, yeah. um, what is it, uh, tab, I think, in my game. And then a debug console opens, and I can define my own commands to spawn items and things like that. Uh, fairly standard. Um, mm -hmm. And also for things like FMOD. So I integrate my game with FMOD. Uh, the game Celeste, some of you might know it, they use also FMOD. And that actually inspired me to use FMOD for my game as well, because uh, it's actually quite nice. And uh, yeah, it's it's event based, and you have a lot of fancy features in there. Yeah, um, check it out if you don't know it. And uh, yeah, so I would say yes, I'm using quite quite a lot third party add-ons already. Excellent. Do you think some of those are going to um, end up getting um, adopted and into um, the core engine, or are they going to keep it as lean as possible? Um, and uh, and devs are going to have to find their own um add-ons and and therefore just have the ones that they need so it's an interesting one right because that decision if something something gets integrated into the core of godot it's a difficult one right because it's open source and if you integrate it you cannot just rip it out again so you need to support it oh that's so true. the so the um philosophy of godot actually is to add only functionality that benefits the most users so right. if there's some, something that adds a, a lot of value, but only to like 0.1% of users, it, it's most likely not making it into the engine. Uh, that being said, you can uh, see a lot of add-ons, something like a 3D terrain editor, uh, which is, I think, something almost every 3D artist who builds big words yeah. needs, right? But it's still yeah. not in core. And I think the reason for that is um, they want to... Um, or, or, the Godot uh, core team, they want to avoid a situation where you have like five different versions versions of it. 
So that rather adds a terrain editor that is universally really, really good and so flexible that everyone can use it rather um, rather than having something that's like half-baked and not really good. So, and th there's an add-on for it already, or there are multiple add-ons. And in the meantime, yeah. you can use that, those, but uh, it's it's a tough call to just add it to the engine because otherwise you get feature bloat. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess that contributes to uh, other engines taking a lot longer to boot up because there's support for an awful lot of features that are not necessarily required. So, um, what else have, um, happened at the con? Just in the context of um, uh, Unity's recent uh, changes, the, the main reason that I know a lot of devs were reluctant to um, use Godot is because of console support, which is mm -hmm. obviously a, a bit tricky with uh, an open source uh, engine. What's do you know what the current state of console su support is for for Godot? Yeah, so um, there are. It is already possible, right, to port your game onto consoles. So on Nintendo Switch, on Xbox, um, on on uh, Steam Deck, you can already. Uh, have your games running on there, but currently you require to reach out to a third-party company who then do the port for you because they they actually own the license to do that mm -hmm. because it's all about, at the end of the day, it's not a, not necessarily a technical limitation, right? But it's more a, a legal limitation. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and quite recently, um, uh, the Godot Foundation announced W4 Games uh, or a partnership with W4 Games, mm -hmm. which is a, a new company founded actually by the creators of Godot to uh, actually provide a very um, almost self-serve style of um, publishing your games to the consoles. So the idea would be that you just go to a website, sign up, and you get access to the right repositories and you can basically install something like a Xbox exporter template uh, as an add-on into your game. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously you need to sign a license and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, so this is yeah yeah sorry. So obviously this is a workaround for the fact that um, uh, Godot itself um, is fully open source, um, but the console APIs are proprietary and uh, therefore can't be open sourced because that would be a breach of uh, contract. So only developers who have got uh, uh, an account with Microsoft, Nintendo, or Sony um, are allowed to um, use that. Uh, API, so it, it's it's a it's some additional legal hoops, as you as you say, rather than a, a technical mm. issue. Yes, uh, I mean obviously there are also technical issues, right? Uh, you need to actually build the integrations into the game engine, oh. but um, I'm, I'm 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 quite confident in the technical ability of of uh, the core maintainers to to implement that. Yeah, I mean speaking of technical stuff, I mean I know because you're. This is uh, this is a, a bit of an unfair question, possibly because I know you're working on a like a two D um, game. The three D capabilities of uh, Godot are, are coming on a pace, and like we're starting to see some really impressive um, uh, renders coming out of that of the engine. Uh, do you know um, what the the roadmap for that is? Because it's particularly interested. I'm particularly interested because we are starting to see. Um, Unreal starting to change some of the ways that like um, rendering is done with uh, with their nanite technology, which also um, 
uh, Alan Wake 2 is, uh, is Remedy, isn't it? Uh, Remedy's proprietary engine ha has a very similar bit of tech in it. Um, and it's an entirely different way of um, rendering scenes. So I'm interested if there's any plans to kind of like push Godot in that direction. Yes, totally. So um, at GodotCon, actually, uh, Clay John, the um, the uh, lead uh, render, the lead from the render team of Godot, uh, actually uh, held a talk about the future of rendering mm. in uh, Godot, and uh, he touched on some of these points. For example, um, a fully customizable render pipeline, so potentially even making render pipelines um, um, as add-ons, so you could have your own render pipeline. Uh, com mm -hmm. complete uh, replacement, drop-in replacement uh, as your custom render render pipeline, right? Uh, another thing is uh, obviously large words. So this is something the Godot team uh, has on the roadmap and that is uh, basically supporting streaming of meshes, uh, streaming of vertices, texture streaming. Right. And uh, with that, after that, obviously then comes also um, some, some culling system for vertices, right? Something like... Mm -hmm. um, something like nanite um yeah but it's definitely on the roadmap i think the number one priority at the moment is uh, stability and uh quality yes so this is something they want to focus on more That's that fair. to have a good performance that gets the most out of your system rather than a shiny new feature that is inefficient yes yeah. no that that's that's fair enough um uh cool so What what else um, what else uh, comes out, out of that con? Because it, it sounds like there's um, there's a huge amount of potential, um, obviously, uh, and the fact that Godot is open source means that uh, it can it can never be charged for, um, and in in theory it can never be retired um, or uh, you know go away. There, there's there will always be someone to like pick it up, even if um, the 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 current team um have to step away for whatever reason uh is that a contributing factor to your decision to use the engine or was it, was it just the the experience of using it that swayed you so i think uh, the um the idea of having to pay for my hobby game dev uh seemed uh ridiculous so i was like wait i don't want to even pay a, uh, an engine or i don't want to even buy an engine just to work on a pixel art game like to me this idea is kind of kind of ludicrous uh, uh, uh ridiculous i mean um so uh it was definitely a factor mm -hmm. uh I th but i think one of the main factors were that um a lot of devlog youtubers that i watch actually use godot mm -hmm. and i was like okay why do they not use something else and i watched their videos why they're using godot and all the design philosophies of the engine actually um, overlap with my uh, with my idea of a good clean engine, uh, yeah. less is more, so to speak. Um, which obviously is one way of doing it. Right? There, I think every game engine, in its way, has its its strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And it's just that the combination of strength strengths and weaknesses of Godot is something uh, I can really agree with. So. Cool. So, coming back to your RPG, then, um, are there? A, can you think of a couple of examples of of something that was um, 
particularly uh, challenging to uh, implement or something that was made extremely easy uh, by the engine? Hmm. It's a, it's a good it's a good question. Um, I think I think what I what blew me away was that I can quite easily with with the tile map and auto tiling, I can quite easily generate a procedurally generated cave in like fifty lines of GD script, mm-hmm. and it was something that in Java I could have never imagined this being like just basically a method, <laughs> um, and it worked out of the box with collisions and everything. Um, that being said, I think uh, something I'm still quite struggling with is getting really good uh, 2D lighting in a way that it doesn't look jarring, um, in a way that it actually complements the pixel art rather than it being a separate thing. And yeah, this is something I'm still still experimenting uh, with. Um, just to give an example, what I mean with what what a good good marriage of lighting and pixel art is um, is for example Sea of Stars. A, pix- a beautiful, beautiful pixel art game mm. that uh, launched this year, and the way they actually mix like three D lighting with pixel art is, I think, one of the top top uh, three um, like pixel art games ever ever created, in my opinion, in terms of visual fidelity. Um, and and get to get there, this is very challenging. Um, I think with any game engine, right? But this is something I'm currently struggling with. I'm just having a checking that out. Actually, it's, that's a very attractive uh, look uh, on that big, yes, um, big sprites and um, really lovely backgrounds. I'm, that's I'm not seeing a lot of um, tile repeats as well. It, it's it it's very much built to look like everything's just hand painted, isn't it? Uh, so, are, are you with your Art. Are you using like normal maps on your sprites and tiles to 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 approximate lighting, um, or is it just yeah, so, something that you're layering on over the top? So I experiment around with normal mapping. Um, so for people who are unfamiliar with it, it's basically describing f- from which direction the light should hit when the um, and then it can make certain things of your sprites darker or lighter, so to speak. Um, and I played around with it, but I always found it a, a, a bit like um, jarring because you could see like, oh, this particular sprite is normal mapped, mm. and then you need to norm- have a normal map on everything yeah. or nothing. Right? Yeah, they, you can't just have it on like consistent. one object. Um, and this is like, and this is difficult, right, to make this decision. And uh, I I tried it, but I I'm currently just using S sprite to to hand pixel the level. Uh, and also to have some procedurally generated parts. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm still looking into ways. Um, I'm currently trying to explore some alternative ways, like uh, using voxel art and then using force 2D perspective to make it look it's like it's pixel art, to have basically the Ooh. 3D lighting, but then having like 2D. Um, yeah. Another way... Yeah, and another approach I'm currently looking into is um, actually using 3D models, but then again with 2D projected uh, camera, and then you have the the advantage of having, having 3D space, actual 3D space uh, where yeah. you can like fill caves caves with water, and having like actual you ha- can have like fog and stuff like this. So, yeah. Do you mean then uh, quantizing the 3D image back into pixel art or? Um... Do you mean 
uh, or still still working with sprites. Oh yeah, yeah, both. So having like three yeah. D models, but the for example the, the dynamic characters and monsters would still be sprites, mm -hmm. but due to the force two D perspective, everything actually looks two D, including the sprites. So you wouldn't really notice the three D models when you look at the screen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, the the the, the trick with mixing three D and sprites is trying to get the the three D to have the the right art style for the sprites which is i guess a challenge that you have to work with with the with the textures um yeah exactly and I, and it's basically a trade-off right is it worth all this extra process in your content pipeline just to oh. get maybe slightly better lighting you know yeah um, I, I suppose you could you could do um you could do like screen projection mapping of like of a, a sprite onto a 3d model um get, yes, which is exactly. just a, it's just another way of getting effectively normal mapping on um uh on the sprite but no but yeah that's that's a that's an interesting one um i don't have a lot of experience with um uh 2d art styles uh but i'm aware mm. that there's there's a massive uh, variety of different techniques to achieve what might seem to be similar results on you know um, to the untrained eye yeah especially I think in terms of lighting um, what I really like about Sea of Stars is that the 2D lights actually have some depth to it so if you move up the ladder mm -hmm. then the light doesn't uh, it isn't it isn't just like like put onto the screen but it's actually impacting the 3D space yes. um and it, it's just uh, on another level and, and to get this fidelity is kind of my dream but hmm. i don't know if if it's worth the effort um given how much work it is to set it yeah. up yeah does that require a lot of changing changing all of the artwork to make it all consistent yeah and especially yeah. the process right you yeah. need to have like a consistent process that's that's uh, reproducible and that you can reapply on all the levels and on all the different yeah. areas of your game um yeah yeah that that's that's a tall order okay so uh, so how complete is uh, is it are you um uh i i'm it's i've seen i've seen you share like uh, lots of like screenshots of uh, of your work so obviously like you like like features are um going in pretty rapidly um are you getting close to a playable alpha or beyond so mm, i would say so there are different aspects to this so one aspect is i'm planning a complete vertical slice of of a steam demo that i want to put on steam mm -hmm. uh, that's going to encompass all the different gameplay mechanics that you can expect in the full version of the game uh, and that version is actually finished um, in my head, so in my head, I already have everything ready to go. So I know all the all the all the mechanics. I know all the how the levels will look like. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge is actually like extracting this out of my head onto the screen, into code, into models, into yeah. So and this is the 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 bit that's currently uh, requires a lot of time, right, and effort. And yeah. um, I'm not there yet. Are you are you working on this? Uh, you're not working full time on this, are you? This is a um, no. evenings and weekends hobby. That, that's yeah. a, that's a challenge. Um, it's 
Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, it I is. find it very hard to um, work on stuff outside of um, work hours as well as doing a day job. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's challenging, but I think uh, the idea resonates so well with me that um, that I, I just can't stop working on it. Basically, <laughs> I, I I just cannot stop thinking about it. Every single day, I think yeah. about this game. So that's yeah. that's that's fantastic. Um, so, uh, but I've noticed you have like um, a lot of followers on uh, on YouTube and social media, and you share a lot of your game dev uh, process. Uh, so you're constantly mm -hmm. like tweeting out like gifts of new features and uh, and so forth. Uh, are you finding that you're building up a, um, a decent sized community who are uh, keen to play it? It's it's, uh, it's definitely exciting because when I started out with this, uh, like actually making a YouTube channel and being a bit more public about it, I actually didn't assume that anybody would be even interested because um, I've been building games for like almost 50, 15 years mm -hmm. now. And uh, in the past, let's say, uh, uh, in the past like 12 years before that, before I started YouTube, um, like I was just doing my stuff and I would say not that people didn't care, right? But to be frank, I also didn't really do it uh, that uh, seriously mm -hmm. in terms of having like one dedicated project or one specific niche. I was just like dabbling around with ideas, right? Yeah. And um, I would say in the past three, four years, um, I found huge inspiration from all these people reaching out to me, asking questions. Uh, people, uh, I get a lot of questions of, hey, I just started Godot last week and uh, I'm facing this problem um, and yeah, directing them to the right uh, forums and, and uh, yeah, Discord servers. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great experience to, to have like a living and breathing community um, I, I collaborate with. Yeah. Do you think, do you think the fact that it's a, a Godot game uh, has generated generated more interest than than perhaps if it was using uh, one of the more established engines oh i, I actually think uh especially on youtube i mm. actually some especially in the beginning i um was a bit envious of the devloggers who would use unity because their videos generally have way more attention because people are like oh unity yeah. i want to learn unity i want to become a game developer so let's start with unity because I think before even 2020, right? Unity was the de facto indie game engine. Like, yeah. why would you use something else, right? Um, it doesn't make sense. Why would you use something else? So, and I think just recently people, people moved slightly away from this idea of it being like the only true uh, game engine for indie game devs. Mm. Um, so I well, think now Godot is, is gonna, gonna eat some of that uh, market share, so to speak. I, I think that's true. Uh, th I think to a certain, I mean, not to not to dunk on Unity, but I think like that the the recent pricing issues were, uh, I feel like may have been like the straw that broke the camel's back because there have been sort of like concerns about the like splitting the engine up into different render pipelines, creating like a lot more work for um, asset store um people mm. to to support all of the different render pipelines that that they were using and the fact that 
Unreal is uh, pushing the tech, the high end technology with Nanite and Lumen, and uh, mm. it doesn't appear that Unity has anything to compete with that yet. So, we I think we're starting to like see some stratification of engines where sort of like Unreal is clearly the choice for super high end photorealistic stuff. Um, mm. Unity, uh, I think, still probably dominates the mobile market. Um, but uh, Godot could be there. Do you know? Have you tried? Um, have you done anything with Godot for mobile at all? Um, are there any plans mm. for this game to to be? Um, not at all. Um, the things I I actually uh, <laughs> have some community members who sent me videos of them playing uh, playing my game via controller on their Android device. <laughs> By by using uh, I don't know some some other software to actually make it playable yeah. on there because um, I'm not officially providing any Android APKs or right. uh, anything but it's it's still interesting to see that people actually use the controller to play that game on their little device. Um, Are they emulating yeah. it or have they um, like unpacked it and and rebuilt it for Android? Because obviously Godot does. I don't, does I don't I have Android. no idea. I don't know. Uh, okay. That's, I don't know. Uh, that's that's a, that would be an interesting. Uh, interesting thing to find out it, it's it's amazing what um uh the community will do uh out there because when you put something out there there's so many people out there there's um people there's always somebody who will um become particularly obsessed with with one particular thing and and want to go this game needs to be on my favorite platform and yes, yes. yeah do whatever they can to make it happen uh, yeah so what's your what's your roadmap for uh, what, what is your rpg called by the way oh um so the name again is is, is a bit it's a bit complicated with oh, the name okay. because when i started out with it i called it cave c-a-v-e so cave yep um which is it, it's it's it sticks with you it's very small and 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 um and snappy the name uh the problem I have with this name is that it doesn't really resemble the like epicness of the story I want to tell with this right. game. And it doesn't really sell the idea that it's actually an RPG about dwarves. It's, it sounds more like, oh, it's like Minecraft, but in 2D, um, yes. which is, it's not. Um, no. It certainly has some elements from Minecraft, but those uh, in, the, in the demo that I will actually um, put on Steam, those procedure-generated... Um, elements will actually move more into the background it will be actually more of a side right. thing it won't be the main thing of the game so yeah so you working on you're still thinking about a new title currently yes but yeah. for now it's called cave um and probably the demo will be even called cave like the cave demo um I don't know. Um, is it actually possible on Steam to change the title of your game, or is it like once you submit it, it must be that title? It can be changed. Um, I think it's a bit of a faff. I think you might have to ask someone at Valve to do it for you, possibly. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, because they, they, I think they're reluctant to allow it because um, it's potentially open to abuse. Um, hmm. And I think also possibly if you rename it, it might uh, flush all of your reviews and possibly wish lists. I don't, I don't know. Yes, I read a horror story so... recently about somebody trying to like retitle their game and having a lot of issues with it. Okay, yeah. I'm, 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 the thing is, I cannot think of a better name 
because any other name that kind of fits the narrative, uh, I don't know, I thought of things like um, King of the Mountain or Mountain mm. King or, uh, you know, um, the the the, um, the Dwarven Anvil. Or, but it's all like too long and it's so generic that it's like, oh, well, um, I want to have it like a short, snappy name. Um, it, it is becoming yeah. a challenge to come up with uh original names that that are distinct and are googleable yes obviously that's i like short snappy names like cave is a good one but if you just search for cave you would need to add cave game to be able to to narrow it down a bit oh not even that right because cave game there are so many cave games yeah you need to like cave game and it immediately becomes unsearchable so and this is actually one of the main reasons why I'm hesitant to call it like this. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is a challenge. Yeah. SEO is uh, is a real issue. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay, cool. So um, so sorry, I'm 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 fascinated by you, um, where the where the game's going, but um, dragging it back to uh, to the engine again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have plans to to take it to consoles once you're um done with the pc version yes so it's actually an interesting one because when i started out the the prototype that you can currently play on itch.io um Ah, it's on on bitbrain bitbrain bitbrain.itch.io slash cave Uh, on there you can actually play the uh, current prototype which is quite old it's already two years old but um that one was made with um pc first in mind so you have Mm -hmm. this typical uh, uh, like item bar on the bottom that you might know yeah. from Minecraft. You can click on your back like in World of Warcraft and hover items with your mouse. Yeah. And it's like purposefully designed for compu- for PC. However, uh, I want to change it. So the actual demo that you will experience on Steam will be a controller first. So yeah. this is like by design, I want to make it controller slash mobile first. So the UI will look a lot more like yeah. in Dark Souls. And most of the menu interactions will be tweaked for controller or optimized for controller. And then um, mouse and keyboard will be an afterthought. So this was actually a decision I took uh, last year to um, just just to shift the focus away from, from it being a procedurally generated game and more towards a single-player RPG that has Dark Souls combat, uh, but in 2D. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's it's uh, it was a tough decision, but I think it's the right one. It's it's a lot of work to change from uh, like a, a pointer-based interactions to um, uh, gamepad um, navigation. Uh, how have you found uh, working with input in Godot? Because uh, obviously, like Unity, famously, how is like works best using a third-party plugin to handle the input. Um, oh, it's it's. I think it's a breeze. It's so nice. It just works out of the box. And even out of the box, it comes with some uh, default inputs that are already mapped to a controller. Um, mm-hmm. And you can just take the controller and use even uh, UI, uh, and navigate buttons and navigate uh, interfaces. And it just works out of the box, which is which, which is great. I'm, uh, I customized it a bit to, to for example, change the um, input icons dynamically if you connect mm-hmm. a controller. So ah, to swap yeah. between like uh, and also like to 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 swap the controls dynamically. 
and also like hide the cursor for example if you move you actually use your controller so full on um, live live swapping yeah. between gamepad mode and mouse cursor mode yeah, yeah. that fantastic yeah, exactly. yeah. It, it's it's so much work um what about ui in general um uh, in godot uh, has that been painless or tricky so i think the um, biggest hurdle is learning it because mm -hmm. there are a lot of things um especially layouts how to how to orient your your components mm -hmm. um it's it's mostly drag and drop and um a lot of like it, it reminds you a lot of like building a website in html it's like you just put stuff together and it just works um the challenge comes of of more advanced layouts that that are responsive for example you want to dynamically make make things uh change its layout depending on screen size um in real time and um i would say once you know all the concepts it's very easy but getting there might require some learning yeah yeah interesting okay um well do you have um any advice for uh, developers who are maybe looking to make the switch from another engine to uh, to godot so i think well, the, the the first advice is that uh, Godot is not Unity. <laughs> so uh, by that I mean that uh, it is not another game engine that tries to compete even with mm -hmm. Unity, but it's it has its own quirks and its own um, philosophy, so to speak. And it can be uh, sometimes very annoying, but also sometimes uh, it's it's like so easy to use sometimes. And you th sometimes think, okay, why don't the other en engines do this, right? But then some of the more annoying things the other engines don't have um and yeah. again like expect some some friction in some areas but also expect some uh almost surprises uh, how easy it is to use mm. in in other areas that you might fall very difficult in the past um and also i would say be be mindful of what you actually want to do um if you try to open the editor with no like goal in mind it can be quite like directionless yeah. so for example try maybe to port a smaller game you built for a game jam in unity try to port it to godot for example just to see how it feels mm -hmm. um, and this can give you already a good indication of its capabilities fair yeah. excellent so um you've you've already um uh, mentioned your um itchio uh, page where can people find you online if they want to have a look at cave um or, or look at your youtube tutorials and such like so uh i you can find, find me on uh on youtube uh just search for bitbrain dev um at basically youtube slash uh youtube.com slash at bitbrain dev uh, i'm also on twitter as bitbrain and also on mastodon uh mastodon.gamedev.place also found as bitbrain uh, Bitbrain Dev, sorry, Bitbrain Dev on Mastodon. Uh, use Mastodon, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, these are, I think, are the prim primary ones. I do not have a like dedicated page for the game yet. No. I'm thinking about setting one up uh, probably this year, uh, uh, probably next year, um, yeah. 2024. I want to set up a thing with also press kits and stuff like this because uh, I think. It's about time that I start thinking about that. Yeah, the, the marketing is the the other half of game development. 
it's yeah. uh yeah it's a whole thing um okay well thank you very much for, for joining us miggy um and uh yeah if uh you in, if anybody's interested in um coming to chat about uh godot and other game dev things please uh, pop along to gamedev.london mm -hmm. and uh, where you can find links to our uh discord and uh there's uh, a lot of uh, chats going on in there uh, about all things game dev related. Thanks very much for joining us.